Non-League Wanderers is a Mainstand Musings original podcast. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to episode two of the Non-League Wanderers. I'm Alex Hendley and I'm here with James Broston. Pleasure to be here again. We are unfortunately not in Essie's for the recording of this intro. We are in our own kitchen. We are. Uh, so if you can hear bubbling in the background, that is, what is it, James? You're the chef tonight. That's, uh, that's not spag bowl, but pen bowl, which we've got on. The bubbling is the uh, the pasta, not the uh, not the bolognese. That's just sort of reducing, yeah. isn't it, at the minute? It is, yeah. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. We'll be, we'll be eating that. That'll be some sort of time warp, because yeah. we'll be eating that in between the intro and the main body. Of, of the podcast but for the listeners that'll only last about eight seconds well if we should we try and eat it should we try and eat it real time maybe we should yeah mm. no well during the intro yeah during the jingle that's what i mean yeah perhaps you can find us on foursquare by the way yeah yeah <laughs> we're well, a sports bar not give away our address i think we did that last week we almost did. people could narrow us down to, easily to about 100 easily. meters of this place so to give away our foursquare address um would be dangerous yeah um, if you'd like our address, text us and we'll depend on how much we like you and then and then we'll let you know. Um, what have you been up to since the recording of episode one, James? A um, few different bits and bobs, still doing the course, uh, but interesting one, want to see the... Some listeners might not know what we do, James. Should we, should we, should we say what we do? Yeah. Well, we are, we're both journalism students, aren't we? We are, yeah. Of sorts. Trainee journalist, should I say, don't really like the word student, do they? No, yeah, yeah, it makes you sound like if you said that to someone, they're like, "Oh, you're not really a journalist," which we're not. Um, but it, it seems a lot more amateur than training yeah, journalists. Well, I was um, I was covering the United Women's game on Sunday, mm. the day after the Altrincham adventure. And how was that? That was uh, good. Yeah, it was nice. I liked doing it. I was the only person from press there. It made me feel quite important. I spoke to Casey Stoney, who is a legend. So it was quite cool. Oh, exciting. Mm. Um, how was the game? How did it end up? Three 0 United. Absolutely dominated them. Class team United, really are. Yeah, going up. Definitely, yeah. Lovely. Um, I've not been up to anything. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't ask, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking. You want to ask about my health as well, James? So sorry. How can you see? Um, no, pasta's going to be quite uh, flaccid. Well, that's the second week in a row. We'll have to get that in somehow every week now. Um, so what are we going to be talking about? We're going to do another Who Am I? Um, oh, by the way, the, the episode one is still available along with the text version on mainstandmusings.wordpress.com. Uh, your text version of the Salford City game is available where, James? Mancunian Matters. And hopefully the text version of this one will be underneath this podcast, as so we've been told. If you're listening via the Mainstand Musings website. Yes, if you're listening on... Um, Mixcloud. Mixcloud, then just go to Mainstand Musings. You throw in a link in the Mixcloud description, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I'll try. Um, <laughs> was I the tech guy? Um, it's not hard putting a link in the description, is it? Um, we are gonna do who am I? Yeah. Um, which is a non-league player who used to be in the league for purposes that are purely so that you'll have heard of them. Um, then we're gonna do a review of our trip to Altrincham against um, Alfreton Town. Then we're going to have a look at an alty old boy, um, like we did with Chris Smalling at Maidstone United last uh, episode. Um, there may or may not be an advert from our sponsors, depends if they send it in on time. Uh, then the, we're going to do non-league news. 
We've, uh, yeah, me and new... James have both prepared three pieces. Yeah, there may be some overlap. We've not discussed them yet. Yeah, but that, that's that's where the jeopardy lies. Um, then we're going to talk about where we could go next. Got options, James. Yeah, it's your decision, aren't there, listeners? If you've got a preference, let us know. Um, we don't actually know when that might be. We'll go into this more, but sort of engagement parties and me maybe being lost in Bolton will probably sort of... Um... And those two things aren't related. No, <laughs> I'm not lost in Bolton for my own engagement party that you're attending. Um, that, would, that would be really convoluted. Um, so yeah, so that all of that coming up next. Ticket prices getting you down. Prima Donna players making you frown. Whether it's Dan at Saturn United or watching Geertzett, you'll be delighted. Join us, follow our lead. Join us and follow non-league. So, James, would you like the Who Am I? I would. I would well, I'd like to know. <laughs> would I like to know the answer? Would you, well, no. I'd, would you like the clues? Go on then. Right. Okay. That's where we're beginning the, today's podcast. I was born in Stoke-on-Trent in 1983. It's not Josiah Wedgwood, then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, not 1883. 1983. Remember, this is a non-league player playing currently. Um, and just as a not really a clue, but just to clarify, they have played league football, and that will become evident in uh, the remaining clues actually. Because in my best season, I finished fifth in the Premier League. Okay. My last league club was Oxford United. That's not going to help really. Before I dropped into non-league. Yeah. I love the letter W. Okay. I've played for Wickham, Watford, and Wolves. Right. That's why I love the letter W. Yeah, I understand. I, I, yeah. I don't just have a favourite letter. In May 2015, I was sent off for a late tackle on Jamie Vardy. It was my club's eighth defeat in a row. And after the game, my manager accused me of getting sent off deliberately for an easy way out of my club's woes. Well, I should know that, but I don't yet. <laughs> yet. Now, there is the big clue, which I've actually made a note to tell you, because last week I didn't tell you the big clue. Yeah. Well, I didn't ask for it either, to be fair. You didn't. Um, the big clue will come uh, partway through this podcast, uh, if you still require it, uh, and that is who that Premier League club is, who I am most famous for playing for. Have you got those noted down, or would you like me to repeat any of them? Yeah, i got the note down. Right, let's get on with the podcast. We're going to review our trip to Alty, Altrincham, versus Alfreton Town. Right, right you kick us off, James. This is your, this is your team, Altrincham. Yeah, they are. So, uh, it's just a tram ride away, so automatically that makes it a far nicer journey than uh, it would to Salford. Um, and we planned it more. Yeah. We did. Which I would say did also made it easier. Yeah, last time we just kind of looked outside, saw the rain and decided to walk, didn't we? Um, yeah. But not this time. Decided to get the tram just from down the road. Simple job, one might Further say. Further narrowing down where we <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's someone somewhere with a giant map of Greater Manchester on the wall and they've got pins in near a tram stop. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure we basically gave away. Yeah, nearly a uh, well. Right. Okay, okay. Uh, so we got on the tram. Yeah, uh, the tram journey was, was smooth. Stood up the whole way. You know, we got did. ourselves prepared for the match. There were three, these, uh, these three blokes on, weren't there? So, yeah, this was, this was from... Because uh, we, we had to get a couple of trams. Not naming stops, but we had to... <laughs> we we had to get very defensive about where we live. We, <laughs> we got... I don't know. Just, just because. GPR, innit? Um, these three blokes were on the second leg, which was the leg to Altrincham. And um, they were sat down right where we chose to stood up. Uh, stood up? <laughs> where we chose to stand up. And... Um, they were just fascinating people, yeah. weren't one, they? One of them um, <laughs> looked exactly like Andrew Marr. <laughs> one of them looked like Greg Wallace. And then one of them <laughs> the exact mannerisms of Jim Bowen of Bullseye fame. <laughs> <laughs> we, were st- we stood in front of them for about probably a good five minutes before I completely... Cl- we weren't really talking to each other. It wasn't that we disliked each other on that particular day. It was just on a tram ride... We- you just sort of stand, don't you? Yeah. Um, so we weren't saying an awful lot. So we were listening in on their conversation. And I wasn't sure if you were or if you'd clocked who was there. But I saw... Maybe it took me five minutes before I fully looked this guy in the face and went, Jesus Christ, that is Andrew Marr. And, th- and then I really didn't know how to tell you. I, like, I got my phone out. <laughs> I was going to text you. That's Andrew Marr. Then I was going to write it in my notes and just show you it. Um, and I just thought that's a bit too obvious. And then there was like it got a bit maybe noisy at one point. I think we were maybe at a stop, and I just looked at you, caught your eye, and I just smiled. I do ma. And you just went. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, they were they were absolutely there. Andrew Ma didn't say anything. Did no, he? we we also learnt later that they only had the face of Andrew Ma, but the, the body and hair and stature of uh, Jeremy of Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> Very interesting. He always seemed very disgruntled about everything. And there was Greg Wallace, who was always on his phone. Yeah. Proper thick glasses on. Uh, and then t- took him off to look at his phone. So uh, he was he was the focal point of the group, really. And then there was, then there was Jim Bowen, whose only job was to concede things to the, to the other two. So basically, what, what, we, what we gleaned from their conversation was, because it was the Super League uh, grand final, wasn't it? Uh, Old Trafford yeah. and the tram line to Altrincham goes past Old Trafford um, and what these were clearly doing we think um, that Greg and Jim had convinced Andrew because all three of them were clearly rugby fans that before the grand final kicked off which was five o'clock in the afternoon yeah, six o'clock I think. six o'clock okay they would go to the Altrincham game at three o'clock and take that in Andrew Mark clearly hated football because he did not want to be there <laughs> Um, but the other two were having to work out how how early they'd have to leave Altrincham to get back to Old Trafford, weren't they? So they were timing um, the time between each stop. And um, basically, Jim Bowen would always say a time. And then Greg Wallace would say, no, actually, I think it was whatever. And then Jim would just go, no, yeah, you're right. You're right, actually. You're right. I concede that. I can't, you're right, actually. And that was all he did. He just He just... Conceded defeat. On we every we convinced ourselves that he got things wrong on purpose so that he could concede defeat to people. <laughs> yeah. He got to sail. He's like, oh, there's only one stop here between uh, between here and Altrincham. I think it's just Brooklyn. And he's like, and, and then his mate Greg Wallace goes, oh, the Timpley. He's like, oh, you're right. Yeah, but there's Timpley. <laughs> Navigation roadmap between the two. He's like, oh yeah, you're spotting actually. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> only like working ourselves up, listening to this conversation so intently. 
I couldn't do anything else. I just, my life just became this conversation. Um, but finally, we got there. Um, we got off. We turned a different direction out yeah, of the tram. Quite, quite rightly so. We went over the tram tracks uh, and away from them. We then managed to <laughs> end up in exactly the same places. Though. Yeah, partly tried, tried to lose them. Um, uh, but unfortunately, yeah. well, next, fortunately. We, uh, we found them outside chopsticks, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Outside um, a Chinese takeaway yeah. on the on the way to the on ground. Moss Lane. Yeah, so we um, we got to the, the J. Davidson. Yeah, well, I'd say just before we move on to that, the walk there was a bit, bit nicer. I think we got it was a, bit a nice more, day, wasn't we it? We got a nice day. We got the crowd there walking with us. Whereas when we go to Salford, like right up until we're outside the stadium, people were walking different directions. But on the way to Altrincham, Everyone was walking there, weren't they? Yeah, they were all walking down. I mean, Moss Lane is a very long, straight road. And it was very uh, very obvious that everyone was going to the match, which which gave it a much nicer atmosphere. There was people there with kids and everything. And obviously Jim Bone was walking <laughs> down there. So, um, and Well, through you, we knew we were going in the right direction. But say I had gone by myself, I would have known 100% that that was the direction of the stadium, which at Salford, completely <laughs> unaware. Um, that that stadium even existed until it, you could actually see it. Um, ten pound in. I want to talk to you about this. Ten pound in student price. Yeah, that's concession. I think that's quite expensive. I think it is. I'm not sure. Maybe they ramped it up because it was non-league day. Right. Is my okay. inkling. But either way, it is expensive. Yeah, maybe we paid a fiver in at Salford. Yeah. Um, looking at doing a bit of research for the game that we could go to next. You know, standard price. It's sort of, you know, some have like concession prices of three pounds, you know, uh, and we'll go in there. Um, but ten pounds in, yeah, uh, we, we we paid. We, paid. we, we, we weren't going to try and, and break got, it. And then I got a, I got a program as well. Got a pro- how much was the program? Two or three quid, I think. Two pounds, I think. Yeah. Um, Not much. To was it worth it? I didn't read any of it. I didn't really read any of it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just like it, it just seemed like a lot of advert- advertisements for yeah. Jay Davison. <laughs> yes. Scrap metal dealer. Already named Check the stadium. Um, so we got there quite early, about 45 minutes before the match. Yeah, we were, we were there very early, so we went straight to the uh, the function room. Which you say didn't used to exist. Not as far as I remember. I've never been in before. I've been to the, the ground a few times, but I've never been in there. So, Well, not in that setup anyway. So there's yeah. a, a nice long bar, loads of tables, a few random chairs scattered about. Kids flying everywhere. Like you, you know, if you were crossing that function room, you're getting hit by a kid. Board, bordering hooliganism. Yeah, they they were used. They, so Saint John's ambulance were there as as they often are, but they brought a lot of balloons with them. Bad mistake because kids were using them like they were pillars. Yeah, pillar fighters hitting each of the balloons. Um, and because co- kids don't think adults exist if you're more than three foot tall. Yeah, you just think you're running about everywhere, moving trees, beating each other with the balloons. Yeah, and um, I don't know whether. Um, it was because you simply couldn't wait, James, or if you were genuinely hungry, uh, you got a burger. I did. Um, the big Alty beef burger. <laughs> <laughs> I can recommend it. It was very nice. Um, yeah, it was only because I was so disappointed last time out. I didn't have any burgers. Didn't really want to get in the same situation. Oh, so it was you were buying it to make sure you got one. I got one. I was hungry, so I'd only had brunch. I had breakfast or lunch. We had a bacon two. butty. Yeah. From memory. Yeah, and um, but you had a meal before the bacon butter. A meal? <laughs> <laughs> I had two slices of toast and a banana. <laughs> That's a meal. That's a square meal. Um, so yeah, so I decided to get myself in early. Decided to get the, the beef burger, very nice. Yeah, can can recommend. Didn't get a pint in the end, did we? We were considering it. 
consider it and then we bottled it when a bloke came up behind us and went you two in the queue and we're like, no, <laughs> no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> yeah that's right I forgot about that um, as you were um, sort of sourcing as yeah. you were sourcing your burger um, I turned round and who was there <laughs> sat um, there was an early rugby match on yeah there was I it was, who was, it was uh, Toulouse against Bath or something like that it was there you go Champions Cup I think great memory it's like um, a round of uh, Question of spot. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, observation round. Observation round. They were sat watching, trying to watch this, trying to enjoy their drinks uh, while these kids were running about. Was Jim Bowen <laughs> and co. Andrew Marr and Greg Wallace. Um, Andrew Marr still just sort of staring at the floor. Only ever moved if he needed to like push a child away. Greg Wallace on his phone. <laughs> yeah. Jim Bowen is looking round for someone to concede defeat to. <laughs> Oh. You can go up to the bar like, yeah. can I have a Sam Miguel? Oh, sorry, we don't have Sam Miguel. Oh, you're right, you're right, actually, you're right, actually. You've only got fosters. Um, <laughs> so we, we went out. Uh, we watched them warming up a bit because we were so we early. Tell you what we did before the match. The merch. We went oh, to, try, yes. went to try, and, uh, try and find some merch, which was in the corner of the function room. Well, that look at some coats, didn't we? They yeah. turned out to be 50 quid each. So put, put them down as, as quick as possible. And you were interested in getting a, a bubble hat, was it? I was interested in a hat. I love a hat. Love a bubble hat. Um, <laughs> there were two options, weren't there? There was two options. Uh, the first one, I was absolutely convinced, would be too small for me. But you made me put it on. <laughs> um, there is a picture of that somewhere, so maybe that'll go in the um, report. We'll have yeah. to see what the editors do with that. Um, and the other one, the guy said, oh, they, they got like hotcakes, they do. Uh, oh, okay, try he said, considering the fact that there were loads of them left. <laughs> yeah, never even clocked that. Never even realised. Yeah, there, there was. Um, so the other bubble hats that you originally tried on, there was only one hat left, and that was clearly a kid's hat. Yeah. And these other ones, there were about 30 of them piled up. <laughs> they go like hotcakes. Okay. Apparently, go like hotcakes. Okay. The Altrincham grannies <laughs> knitting like hell in the background, like the Shreddies advert. Um, yeah, so he Hot said. Hotcakes was quite apt, wasn't it? It was, because I put it on and instantly thought my head was going to melt. Um, <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were built for polar exploration. I don't know what sort of cold nights they get in Altrincham, but that was serious business. Yeah. Probably like made of Kevlar like as well. Three <laughs> Bulletproof. <laughs> Bulletproof. Bulletproof and heated your head <laughs> to an internal temperature of about 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so, yeah, we didn't buy one. No, we didn't. They were quite well priced though. They were only about eight pounds. Yeah, they were all right. No, the, the thick ones were twelve. <laughs> they were. The, yeah. the kids' but, one was eight. Yeah, the VIT. That's why. Yeah. Um, so yes, we went out to watch everyone warm up, which was uh, quite cool. Quite cool to see them warming up. They didn't seem like very good footballers then. I, no. I'd say. No. Quite a few mis- misplaced passes in that. We noted the uh, thumpiness of the footballs. <laughs> yeah. But what 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 make are they? Did we? Let, um, Oh, I can't remember. Like, uh, it's got a K in it. We'll look it up, listeners. We'll look it up. Um, so it's the sponsor, isn't it? it's the of the. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm going fi- to sure how I'm going to find this. But while I look that up, um, we took our um, standing area behind the goal to start with, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, with all the the si- they were singing when we arrived. Singing section. Yeah, and then so there I had my burger. Still, still eating my burger by this point. Um, and then everyone just started to move, didn't they? After after the coin toss, and then yeah, every, every, like an exodus. Quickly realised, and I I quickly remembered that's what happens, you know. So uh, all the home fans, the avid home fans, go behind the goal to which 
that team is shooting. Um, and it paid off early in the game. It did, although I didn't see it. No. Because I was caught up in the rat race and I was I was looking at the people in front of me, making sure I didn't walk into them. Whereas I was walking to everyone, <laughs> but was watching the match. Eyes on the game. And, uh, well, what happened? Well, Ultragum scored. It was a ball out to the right. I think Jordan Hume collects it on the right, put the ball in across goal. Completely carved over the Alfreton defence at this point. One central defender in the middle, couldn't get anywhere near the ball for an inexplicable reason. And uh, Was that Dante? It could have been Dante, yeah. So we'll come to Dante in a little bit. But um, the uh, Ultragum player knocked into the back of the net, didn't he? Well, I didn't see. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, heard the, I heard the crowd cheer. Jacko, the football. Jacko, that's the Jacko. one. Uh, that's not who scored the goal. No, no, the Owen goal. Dale scored the Owen goal. Dale, yeah. Um, Jacko sounds like a footballer, a non-league footballer, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah, so we missed that goal, but then we, we took up um, places uh, in front of the singing section again. Yeah. Because we not, wanted to stick with yeah, them. Yeah, we weren't in the singing section. They were in, like, in the stand, and we'd gone right to the edge of the pitch as close as we could get, really, weren't we? Yeah. Don't know why. Just decided to, weren't we? Close to the action. Better view. Yeah, I suppose. Um, and uh, within minutes... It was two. It was two. Uh, I would I would put Max Harrop, who scored the, the second goal. I think he was the best player on the pitch. Yeah. Was he as good as Rory Gaffney, though? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, Maybe. Similar uh, position, the number 10 position. Yeah, Clearly sure. the best player on the pitch. Yeah. Technically. And especially in that first half an hour, it was absolutely insane. It was a really good move and a great finish. Yeah. The, he the second goal. Cut it across the keeper, didn't he, when he, yeah. when he scored... And then, when they celebrated, ran straight towards us. <laughs> I, I completely lost it. I lost all allegiance to, to any of, of my own football um, support. And I just thought, I'm an Ultraman fan now. This guy, I want this guy to come and hug me. Like, it was incredible. The passion in, yeah. in his eyes as he ran towards That's us. the kind of point where we should have taken a photo or something. Because he was like, just ran towards us. Yes, as, as, as um, training reporters and journalists... We should have had our cameras out getting a, a, the absolute money shot. But as it was, <laughs> it's, we were like clambering over the railings <laughs> to get at him. Get, get on with him, yeah. <laughs> um, well, what a moment though. 2-0 within such a short space of time. But I think that second goal was nine minutes. Was it? And then Olchkin continued to dominate, didn't they? I mean, they, they were pressing forwards. It looked like it was going to be an absolute uh, rampant performance. And, well, they got a third. It was. Uh, um, about halfway through the first half. That was Jordan Hume, the striker. Yeah. Um, who I don't think it would be unfair to describe as as like a shit house striker, <laughs> who, who who was actually very good at football. Very good at football. Um, but what he will be remembered by by um, fans and opposition players alike is that he just loved winding people up. Um, Got the keeper proper riled up. Especially he? the goalkeeper. Once he'd scored his goal, we'll we'll, we'll just have a um, quick mention of the goal. Top bins. Yep, curled it in with his right foot, didn't he? It was a, it was a fantastic finish. Um, made it 3-0, and um, then we moved round slightly, didn't we? Further towards the little food shack, because yeah. I, I was going to get a pie. And that was where we saw him doing his winding up, and it was it was absolutely incredible to witness it. The goalkeeper wanted to take um, a, I can't remember, a free kick or a goal kick. Uh, wanted to take it quickly anyway, you know, his team's 3-0 down. Um, and Hume just starts dribbling it away from him, nicks the ball off him, starts dribbling it away. Goalkeeper's absolutely screaming at him. Um, 
I honestly thought the goalkeeper was going to do something silly and, and get do what he wanted him to and get himself sent off, but somehow managed to restrain himself. Uh, but you'd hate playing against someone like that, wouldn't you? I, I couldn't. Oh, no. I've played against people like that before, and they're awful. You've just got to wind what back, haven't you? Yeah. It's, just, it's just a fantastic goal. Um, just a shame that it, what, I, what I remember of him um, was his shithousery. Um <laughs> But anyway, that, that was it really for the first half because after it went to 3-0, I would say Alfreton did a decent job of yeah. stemming the flow. And also you went to get a pie. And also I went to get a pie. Um, Enough for the first half by then, didn't you? That it was wrapped up. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple of blokes said they were leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three points in the bag, I'm off. Um, yeah, well, I went to get a pie, but the, the little pie shack was outside, so I didn't actually miss any of the no, game. No, that's very true. Um, the pie... Much like your burger, obviously, because the burger didn't even exist in Salford. Um, but the pie, compared to the Salford pie, was a lot better. Yeah. A lot, lot moister inside. Tasted a lot nicer as well. Um, so uh, we'll get to the food ratings in a bit, but you know, I don't think it's any spoiler to say it, it rates higher than the Peninsula Stadium. Um, so half-time came and went. Um, we didn't, I can't remember what we even did at half-time. Can you? Well, we went on the other side. We just moved, and we that was moved. it. So we moved again because the fans went to go yes, behind the goal, which the team was shooting towards. And um, and then up the other end, which we just vacated, uh, Alfreton got one back. Yeah, they did. Uh, Altrincham didn't offer very much in the second half, did they? No, they had it wrapped up, didn't they? That's the, the issue. Complacency. Yeah. Is it game management or was it complacency? I don't think they were pushing for another goal. But then there were a few chances that they had. We noted that... Um, most of Altrincham's attacks came down the left-hand side. Yeah. So that was the wing that we positioned ourselves on behind the goal. Yeah. And I think the ball came near us once, maybe twice, yeah, so in the yeah, entire the, second half. The left wing didn't have it much at all, did he? Uh, the one time when he did have it was when a decision went against him and he kicked it <laughs> exceptionally hard in our direction. Oh, I was... And if it wasn't for the Jay Davidson hot, um, boards, man, we'd either be dead or certainly couldn't have children. <laughs> It was, it was, yeah, it was quite scary. Yeah, actually. He got well, subbed not long after that, I think. He did. Um, then, uh, yeah, because he got booked for doing that. Yes. Yeah. And quite then, rightly so, because my bowels were completely just released <laughs> at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. Joe Davison has worthy steel <laughs> to protect <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. um, so he got subbed off, but by this point it was 3 1. Um, couldn't really see the goal. It was Richard Penniquet that got it, but yeah. it was up the other end, so it was very difficult and to see. Oldingham offered very little after, after Maxi came off, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, uh, Max Harrop came off for someone who looked exactly the same as him. Just without the bird. His complete clone. Yeah. Um, who just wasn't as good at football. Yeah. More physical. He was like a bigger build, yeah. wasn't he? Like bigger Fellaini. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. Uh, um, to see the game out. Well. Should we? Should we? Um, should we mention Dante? Before yeah. we move on. Yeah. Go on then. Uh, who's Dante? Well, Alfreton. He brought their four fans along with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quite a windy day as well. It was quite stormy. Uh, so they had trouble sticking their flag up didn't they in the away end <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> before the game they did that for about half an hour yeah um, they had a centre half who under closer inspection was incredibly old but from a distance looked like a, a young Dante for those who may remember um, a Brazilian player who played in Germany for a while huge afro um, completely cultured right foot Beautiful footballer, but just the ball never found its way to one of his own players, did it? He was really calm and composed, but it just 
just never went in the in the direction he wanted. And he looked like he could be knocked over by a strong breeze. So yeah. it's remarkable how he stayed up <laughs> yeah. in, in the stormy weather, especially yeah. up against uh, Jordan Hume, who was big lad. Big lad. Um, but yeah, shout out to Dante. Um, partway through the second half, probably the most exciting thing that happened. Actually, I'll tell you what happened at <laughs> halftime, James. Okay. The groundsman. <laughs> The groundsman, oh, yeah. who looked like a proper veteran of the game. Oh, yeah. Um, who was patting down with his little pitchfork. And his, his motion as he scooped the little tuft, the loose tufts of grass, he did a scoop the loop off, <laughs> up and under, and off the side of the pitch. He could get remarkable distance on the little it patch. so of unnecessary. Grass. But it was, talk about cultured passes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, I reckon he could find a man from 40 yards with that pitchfork. Um, so, yeah. One, probably the most exciting thing that happened in the second half, I would say, was Andrew Marr charging his phone with some nunchucks. <laughs> like a, the little yeah. white wee nunchucks. Yeah, well, it was weird, was it? Because he was holding this kind of power pack in his left hand and his phone in his right. And we can only assume that he was probably watching the build-up to the rugby match because he had zero interest in the football. You get pacing, didn't you? Get pacing. <laughs> yeah, you just disappear for moments at a time and then you just reappear. Um which is the complete opposite of Greg Wallace, who was so fixated on the game, he brought binoculars. <laughs> completely forgot about that. <laughs> so he'd like take off his glasses, get his binoculars up, and he'd be watching the opposite corner flag. <laughs> for no reason. For he was so close to the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely no reason for the binoculars. He was, he was pretty much on the touchline. We can, um, I mean, we can speculate, yeah. but I'm guessing that uh, Jim Bowen would be saying something like... <laughs> Oh, that's an Alfredton ball, that is. And then Greg with his binoculars, going, no, 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 de- def- definitely altering him, definitely altering him. No, you're quite right, you're quite right. Actually, I can't see that one. Yeah, quite right. Um, but yeah, they left early. They did to get to the rugby. Yeah. Well, Greg Wallace's binoculars look like they're pointing directly at the most precarious gantry we've ever seen. Yes, hang- sort of hanging. Yeah, we didn't know what it was for. We presume that's where press go. But what press were there? Yeah, what press were going to be there? But there were people on it. There were. Cameramen, maybe. I my best guess was that it it might be something on like a football focus or some sort of BBC, maybe even just an online only thing where they they show some stuff from non-league day. As it was when we went. Yeah. Um, perhaps. Not sure, but yeah, he was very much focused on that um, at times, as if he was going to assassinate one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so they left early. Should we get on to some ratings? Yeah, let's do um, Full time came and went fairly quickly in the second half, but it was, it was a good game. Um, uh, we'll do the same as we did last week, where I will give the number out of 10. It's obviously five categories, so that's out of 50. As a reminder, um, Salford City got 24. Yeah, I think so. Um, so here we go. And then you, James, will give reasons, one or two word phrases as to why we've given it that number. Yeah. So stadium, eight out of ten. Function room. Food and drink, nine out of ten. Scrannable. Atmosphere, seven out of ten. Singing section. Mascot, zero out of ten. A wall. Journey, nine out of ten. Jim Bowen. So that gives us thirty-three out of fifty. Yeah. Significantly improved. It's let down by the mascot or lack thereof. So mascot, we gave AWOL because there should be Rocky Robin. Yeah, there should be. And he just wasn't there. No, and we we said we we've said before that we'd never give a zero, but they literally couldn't even apply for yeah. this to get a one because we didn't have a mascot to the, rate. The rule in the small print in the non-league wanderers 
contract is thou shalt not give zeros if there is something. <laughs> it's just German. If there is something to mark. Yes. There was nothing to mark. Nothing to mark. Therefore, it gets a zero. Yeah. That's a real shame. Um, that's, that's probably brought it down as well. It was doing well. That, that was that was well, well, well on track for a forty out of fifty. Easy. Which is a and I've seen pictures of Rocky Robin and he'd be, he'd be scoring high. <laughs> yeah, he would be. He's a class mascot. I'm not sure about the name. <laughs> no, uh, it's a bit Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, but then Robins are, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, so what we'll do now is move on to our ulti old boy as we uh, look at a non-league player who's risen to the ranks and made it in the league. I'm not going to say the big time, because that's maybe a bit too much, but up there, a league player now, and we're going to look today at Duncan Watmore. I'll start from the beginning, shall I? Released at the age of 12 from Manchester United's Academy, then was in the limbo for a while, went to school, obviously, as people do, <laughs> and uh, then joined Altrincham at the age of 16. Made his debut a year later against FC United of Manchester. Um, and in that time made loans to Clitheroe, Kirshen Ashton, local non-league teams. Clitheroe is one that we've got our eye on for, for, the, for the distant future. We have, yeah. Uh, not, not so soon. But signed for Sunderland and therefore signed for Newcastle University. He didn't play football for Newcastle University, but moved from Man Met to Newcastle to finish his degree in economics. Got a first, I believe. Congratulations, Duncan. Congratulations. And uh, just to bring you up to speed, got his, he got, had a big cruciate ligament injury in 2016 and then again aggravated it in November 2017. But good news for fans of Duncan. He, uh, he's been back in training and back in the side, we think, as of but effectively this week. So he's uh, full training and, and ready for selection, according to the gaffer. That's brilliant. There you go. That's Duncan Watmore. He could be a real boost for them, couldn't he? Yeah, he's got lots of energy. That's what people like about him. <laughs> that's something. That's something that people say about footballers that aren't very good. It's a backhanded compliment. That, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, but he's good, and uh, hopefully he can uh, crack on. Yeah. Well, best now. best of luck. Um, best of luck to Duncan Watmore there. Um, a, a success story of the ulti old boys. Yeah, absolutely. So, from uh, Duncan Watmore to a very special advert from our sponsors. You've heard of Koei Noor, and now we bring you Koei Moor. It's not just an Indian at a meal for two. It's a pub that turns into a restaurant. It's a vindaloo. Play a game of pool, and then place your order. And make sure you do, because I know where your family lives, and I'll f***ing kill a lot of them! <laughs> so then, who am I? Um, just to repeat, um, I was born in Stoke-on-Trent 1983, best season was 50 in the Premier League, uh, last league club was Oxford United. I played for Wickham, Watford and Wolves. In 2015, I was sent off uh, for two yellow cards on Jamie Vardy and my manager said that it was on purpose because we had just lost eight games in a row. Well, that was our eighth game in a row that we'd lost and he said it was an easy way out of my club's woes. How, what are you thinking, James? Honestly, I've got no idea. I remember May 2015, that's, that's the year before they won the league, so they just stayed up, Leicester. Yeah. 
but that doesn't really help me much. No. <laughs> I know that's the era. So he's recently in the Premier League. Was recently in the Premier League. Uh, he, well, I sort of dropped down the leagues a bit after I left the big club. Yeah. Um, and now I've ended up... I'm going to give you two big clues, actually. Oh, yeah. Because you don't have faith in me? Or do you want to give no, me one No, now? actually, I'm going to give you one big clue and one piece of information that's just interesting. Okay. Because I don't think it'll help you. Okay. okay. The big clue is uh, that Premier League club that I played for was Newcastle United. Right. And as an interesting piece of information, the club that I now play for is Gateshead. Mm. So, there you go. Um, so, Newcastle United, I finished fifth with them. Do you recall that season? Yeah, yeah, the Alan Pardew season. Yeah. And then we'd lost eight in a row. Yeah. In May 2015. Yeah. And my manager, if you can remember who that is, interesting bloke, told me, well, told the media after the game that he thinks I probably got sent off on purpose. Well, he questioned. He sort of said it a little bit, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he got sent off on purpose because it's an easy way out. Was Carver in charge then? Certainly was. Certainly was, yeah. That was John Carver that made those comments. Yeah. Yeah. Stayed in the northeast. I did sort of... Yeah, I've got a few I've got a few ideas, but I'm not sure how solid they are. Okay. Well, we'll take your answer at the end. Um, you at home listening along. I think you message one of me or James if you've got this, because I, I want to know if anybody ever gets these. Because it's tougher than uh, it was during Sark Lee. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the, the be pool of players was yeah. very much narrowed down when we did our World Cup podcast. They had to be at the World Cup, which is a fairly finite number of players, whereas non-league is enormous. I could... Well, obviously, I've told you I'm uh, playing for Gateshead, but I could be someone in the tenth division. I mean, hopefully you wouldn't do that to me. Well, you never. If it's if it's someone famous yeah, that's won the Premier League say, and is now playing for Prestwich Hayes, you know, I might throw them in. Um, anyway, we're going to move on to non-league news. Yes, a new feature. Oh, so exciting, James. I can hardly contain myself. A new feature on a podcast that was only new last week. Wow. Oh, wow. It's almost as if we're making this up as we go along. <laughs> it is, isn't it? In Me? Fact, go on. I was going to say, in fact, this is the, the best prepared part of the show. Yeah, it is. Me and James have brought three pieces of news each. Um, we've not told each other what they are. Um, so let's see how interesting they are. <laughs> we'll find um, out. Hit me, James. Right. Non-Eaton Borough FC. A 90-year-old fan called Tony rocked up with £500 of his own savings to pay the players at the weekend. That's brilliant. That's proper football. That is proper football. That's proper football. Hit me. Next one. That was my first one. (laughs) No! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Outrageous. (laughs) (laughs) They're all the same. (laughs) Okay, right. This isn't a fix. You're next. This isn't a fix, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa, right, so I'll skip past my first one. <laughs> what a bloke Tony is, though. Oh, fantastic. Do you know, Nuneaton Borough, I think, are actually playing in the area. No, sorry, wrong Nuneaton. There's a Nuneaton town Tony, as well. Yeah. I was going to say... Another big one. Yeah, right. Um, it was Nuneaton Borough that, that played in that 9-8. Oh, yeah. The other week. You, yeah, tell me about that. Um, okay, my second fact, then, is... Um, <laughs> You'll like this one because it's about Rory Gaffney. And <laughs> Rory Gaffney, it's, it's not really news, it's just something I liked. Rory Gaffney scored in the first minute as uh, Salford City scored in the first 
and last minute to save a draw. It was 2-2 against Braintree Town at home to stay top of the league. That's very impressive. Yeah. Congratulations to Rodney. Uh, they are level with Wrexham on 34 points. Really tight at the top of the National League. The uh, the battle to get into the Football League is looking like it's going to be exciting if, if these teams at the top can keep it up. Um, Wrexham and Salford City are on 34. Leighton Orient and Harrogate are both on 33. So that's a point Harrogate. between the top four. Yeah. Wow. Then Solihull Moors on 31. Fylde and uh, Gateshead both on 29, which means there's five points between the top seven. Wow. So hopefully that race can keep up because that'd be really exciting. Yeah. Um, what's your second fact? My second one is about the Manorama campaign, which Ooh. you may have heard about. Uh, that's obviously a pun on Vanorama. This bloke called Kevin Webber raised £150,000 for Prostate Cancer UK by walking 180 miles, visiting 10 clubs across seven days. I can't tell you all those clubs, but I can tell you two of them. One of them was York and one of them was Harrogate. North Yorkshire boy yeah must be around that area well that's fantastic well done him what's his name Kevin Webber well done is he not of Coronation Street <laughs> yeah it's Kevin Webster okay. I think. Uh, well done Kevin Webber yes round of applause uh, Tony the 90 year old should get one as well yeah belated uh, shall I give you my third and then your yeah, third yeah go on um, okay so Cone oh here we go in the ninth division of English football I believe I scoured as many leagues as I could get results for and I think that weekend Cone suffered the heaviest home loss of anybody in the country (laughs) Okay. (laughs) now if anybody listening to this knows otherwise um, I'm of course talking about non-league down to the 10th division of English football if if you're if you're like little Tim Pot village team lost 10-0 at home to the next village you know Get over yourselves, right? Um, but <laughs> ostracising our listeners in the, <laughs> in the pyramid system, the English football pyramid. Cone lost six one at home to Runcorn Linnets, and I believe that is the heaviest home loss Runcorn. of the entire weekend. Now it wasn't quite the. Um, I thought I'd seen one that was worse, but it was actually six two. That was Lincoln. This is in the league six two away at Port Vale in League 2 so that was almost as heavy Um, but then to get the actual heaviest win or defeat whichever way you want to look at it in the entire English football uh, pyramid you have to go to Beaconsfield (laughs) okay and Beaconsfield play in the Southern League South Division okay why they have to go south twice (laughs) is anybody's anybody's guess Beaconsfield lost seven no, no, they didn't. They won 7-0 against Chesham. Wow. What a game. Huge. It's their non-league news. A bad, yeah. bad weekend for Cone. I think <laughs> it was the heaviest loss, home loss, in English football. Where's Beaconsfield, did we say? Well, it's in the Southern League South Division. And they so it's Cone. So what, what was that? FA Cup qualifying or something? What? No. Cone lost at home to Runcorn Linux. Oh, I'm going so confused. <laughs> Cone lost 6-1 at home to Runcorn Linnets Lincoln beat Port Vale 6-2 away so they're the two heaviest home defeats and the biggest win in English football that weekend was Beaconsfield 7-0 against Chesham Southern League South Division well I will stay 
in the a similar area of the country in the Southern League South Division, <laughs> not far in the Bostic League South East. Ooh, yeah. okay. Tell but, me. Uh, this is just a short one, but it's sad news. I'm afraid that Thamesmead Town have folded. Ah, oh. I know. Apparently, they don't get anyone through the gate, and they make about an average. Uh, they, they take about eleven pounds after paying officials each game, so they've had to fold. And that's not including like paying the players and like running. The that's where football's going wrong, isn't it? Well, that's it. Isn't it? I, I don't know what's here. Tens made take time, one week's wages off Riyad Mahrez for that penalty, <laughs> and give it to them. I don't think. Well, yeah, I'm not sure that they're local for City really. Not, no, I'm, I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Club like that goes under. Proper men. <laughs> From a football club, <laughs> family, you know, they go under. Riyad Mahrez is skying penalties for 200 grand no, a week. I don't think, I, I, for that impression, I definitely don't <laughs> want to give any money to this club. <laughs> like, I've been given the responsibility of redistribution of Riyad Mahrez's wages. I'm not telling you to do it, I'm just saying, as a principle. Okay, well, thank you. And that was non league news. Okay, so before we wrap up uh, Non-League Wanderers episode two, we're going to look at where we can go next. Now, as we mentioned, the date is dubious because we're not quite sure when we're both going to be available to go to yeah. another one. So this is the case that you're, you may still be in Bolton after a night out. So, yeah, I'm required in Bolton on a Friday night. Um, so... Good. But, you don't have a choice. <laughs> and, and yeah, maybe not. The numbers might be too low if I don't go. That's true. Um, so I might be in Bolton on the Friday night. I'm yet to know whether I'm going to make it back to Salford at the end of that night or whether I'll wake up in Bolton. Um, I've been offered someone's floor. That's not in a dodgy way. Um, and you may have family... Yes, uh, my cousin is going to get married and is therefore having some kind of celebration. Congratulations. Too. Yes, congratulations. Your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> but if we can get to a game that Saturday. Yes. If, we may as well run through the options. Yeah. Listeners at home, please, my hands are in the air. I pray to you. Let us know where we should go. What are our options, James Broston? Well, I shall tell you our options. FC United of Manchester against... Brackley Town? Yep. Nice. Good handwriting. Stockport County <laughs> versus Nuneaton Town. FC Halifax versus Eastley FC. Staleybridge Celtic versus Nantwich Town. That's in the FA Trophy first qualifying round. Hind United versus Bamber Bridge in the same competition. Earlham FC versus Ashton Athletic. Bit of a derby there. And finally, West Didsbury and Charlton against the city of Liverpool. That is one team, not West Didsbury and Charlton, have, have joined up and it's going to be 22 versus 11. That is, that's the team yeah. name. So, um, someone could get confused with those kind of things, Hendo. Yeah, they would. So we, we've, got, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six. We've got seven places we could go. Let us know which you fancy. We're delving down into the ninth tier of English football if we go to Earlham or West Didsbury and Charlton. So, that's, that's proper stuff, that, <laughs> that's, isn't it? That's proper non-league. That's that. proper non-league. Or oh, the FA Trophy first qualifying round. I've never been to an FA Trophy game, so no. that might be quite exciting. Yeah. FC United and Manchester, that would just be interesting to see what the, how the project's going. Stockport County and Halifax, we stick them in the options every week. 
<laughs> just in case. Um, whether we'll ever get to Halifax is another question. See, where, where would you like to go? Uh, well, I, I'm actually curious to see what Earlham FC will be like. We've had a bit of a look at it on the map. That'll be in Barton upon Moss, I believe. They look like they've got a lovely pitch. Yeah, it does look like a, a snooker, nice playing surface. Snooker table. Yeah, looks like a cricket pitch. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. I think that wraps up proceedings, James. <laughs> I hope it does. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go, who am I? I'm going to guess Stephen Taylor. You're very close. I am, in fact, Mike Williamson. <sighs> and I'm playing for Gateshead. Mike Williamson, yeah. Got he existed. Yeah. They can't so, play for Gates as well. That was in yeah. there somewhere. But back back of the uh, back of the archives. <laughs> right, well that wraps up proceedings. Uh, thank you very much for listening to episode two of Non League Wanderers. Episode one and loads of other content is still on uh mainstand musings. You have been a fantastic co host, James. Thank you very much. Again, very sincere of you. <laughs> and um That's it. Hopefully you'll hear us soon in the near future. Bye-bye. Bye.